You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Amen. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. In the earlier service at nine o'clock, I had some family join us. Uh, My mom's older sister, her name was Grace. She had 16 children. Her and Uncle Charlie must not have had very many hobbies, is the only thing I know. And out of the 16 kids, three of them are still living, and two of them uh, came today. One lives in Uniontown, and one lives in Cleveland, and it was good to be with them. 16 kids, a mom and a dad, in a four-room home with no indoor plumbing. Shoot me right between the eyes. I believe there was three sets of twins. I'm not positive, but I do know there was two sets of twins. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28, and while you're looking, I gotta tell you a joke, all right? There was two uh, old ladies, and they had grown up together. They were very petite, and they were just turning 100 years of age, so they were gonna go out and celebrate Ethel and Mildred. And it was very short, but now they're all hunched over. So Ethel got behind the steering wheel. She couldn't barely see over the dashboard. And Mildred sat on the passenger side. Well, they started down the road and Mildred was like, oh, Ethel just ran a red light. And she didn't say anything. Went a little further and she got tense. Oh, Ethel just ran another red light and she was nervous wreck, but she didn't want to say anything. At the running of the third red light, Ethel said, Mildred, what are you doing? You just ran three red lights. Mildred looked over and said, Ethel, am I driving? (laughs) Uh, Some of you get it about lunchtime. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. The title of the message is, Come Unto Me. And Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Somebody say rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pastor Caton, would you bless the reading of the word of God, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful to be in your presence, Lord God. What a sweet spirit we've been in today, Lord God. Yes. Lord, we're thankful that, that your yoke is light, Lord God. Father, we come with burdens, we come with, with cares and worries, Lord God, and we must... We want to lay them at your feet tonight, Lord God. Mm-hmm. Or Father, we know that your blessings are not limited. We know that there's no expiration on your blessings, Lord God. So Father, whatever the children come with today, whatever the flock, the body came with today, Lord God, mm-hmm. I pray that they would hear your word, Lord God. Before they leave, I pray that they'd lay everything at your altar, Lord God, everything at your feet, Lord God, and that they would yoke up with you and be ministered unto you, Lord God, mind, soul, and body, Lord God. Refresh, renewed in their spirit, in their strength, Lord God. Mm-hmm. Father, I pray for your blessing upon pastor, Lord God, that everything that he studied, everything that he brings forth, Lord mm-hmm. God, 
Yeah, we know it won't return void, Lord God. Yes, God. So we're thankful, Lord God. We're thankful for your word. It is alive, it is strong, and it is well, Lord God. Mm -hmm. And today I pray that it will be well with our soul, that we've been in the presence of the Lord. Lord, we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Does the word weary, does that describe your life? Or has it ever described your life? Have you ever been in a season where you was extremely weary. Well, that's what Christ is painting, a picture here of extreme weariness. This is a person that's gone as far as they can go. Kinda at the end of the rope. Just gotta barely hang on. I don't wanna bring any more pain to anybody in our sanctuary, any of our families, but We've had several families in the past where someone in their family committed suicide and one of our ladies just a couple weeks ago, her brother took his life and it brings such heaviness and weariness. So I wanna encourage you if you ever feel like you get to the end of your rope, taking your own life is not the answer. The answer is coming unto Jesus. I've preached multitudes of funerals where individuals have taken their own life. I don't understand it. I'm not judgmental. I never walked a step in their shoes. But I want to encourage you today. If you ever get to the end of the rope where you're about ready to explode, you call me, you call another believer, you call a family member, and most of all, you call upon Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen. This person is about to explode is, is what the, the painting is, and Christ does not say what caused the weariness. He doesn't share with us what caused the pressure or the heavy burdens, and I think what he's trying to tell us is that it really doesn't matter what the burden, what the pressure may be, the invitation is open to all to each one of us. When we go through difficult times in our life, the Lord is saying, you come unto me. I'll give you rest. He loves us. No greater love. People oftentimes feel like that they're not loved. I'm here today to tell you, no matter who you are or where you're from, you are valuable in the sight of God. God turned his own back on his own son, Jesus, and Jesus bled and died that you can have life. John 15 and 13, greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. He said, come unto me. It's a simple, very simple invitation, but it requires so little, so little. It costs Christ everything, but you and I, it's free, but it offers so much. I can remember when I gave my life to Christ and my life was messed up. It took so little of me to step up and walk to an altar knelt down a beggar and came up a millionaire. I can't explain it, but that's how it works. Knelt down lost, destined to hell. Before I got up, my name was written in heaven. Didn't cost me anything, but it cost the Lord everything. He said in verse 28, come, come unto me. All people need to know that there is a haven of rest. All people. I was coming down Route 19, my wife and I 
One evening last week and we got to Gore and we seen cars stopped and there was a man laying on the side of the road. He had only a pair of shorts on, no shoes, no socks, no shirt. He was incoherent. He looked like he'd been through the war, a young man. And I could tell he had some struggles. You could just tell. And when I got to the scene, the first thing I did is said, hey, we need to stop and pray. 911 was on the way. We began to pray. I began to pray, and I was amazed at the people around me that began to pray, and they knew how to reach heaven. And after the prayer, I told the young man, even though his eyes was closed, have no idea that he could hear me, God still loves you. God still cares about you. You may be here today and everything, the bottom has fallen out in your life, God still cares. You may be sitting here today and you're on top of the world and somebody in your family is going through a difficult time. You need to be the hands of the Lord and the feet of the Lord and you need to rescue them and help them. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. There is a place that they can run to. There is a place that you can run to to help the labor of your soul. Verse 28 again, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say I might. All need to come to Jesus. There's an old hymn that we sing in Christ alone. We can find our salvation for our soul. What makes us weary? Oftentimes, we get so involved in everything else and I'm guilty. It's the number one struggle that I have. I try to get involved here, get involved and run here and do this of own pleasure quite often times. God knows the desires of our heart and God wants us to enjoy life, but God still wants to be number one in our life. What makes us weary? Worldliness and fleshly pleasures. What makes us weary is sin. When we sin, it makes us weary. And I said earlier, it's dropped in my spirit, Sometimes I feel like the guilt that comes later after the sin has more damage to us. How many's ever sinned in here? Raise your hand. The rest of you is lying. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, they're not all telling the truth. How many understand what I say when the sin comes and then the guilt shows up? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? It'll make you weary. What else will make you weary? Rituals and tradition. We don't need tradition in the house of God. We need a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Do you hear what I'm talking about? Go ahead, give God a hand clap of praise. Note this, not knowing the truth of life will cause major exhaustion. You'll run and you'll run, you'll try for another dollar. You'll try for something else. You'll want this, you'll want that, but there will never, ever be total comfort unless you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Searching for the truth, but never coming to the truth will discourage, it will exhaust, and it will burden you and I. Verse 28, he said, come unto me. Why? Because Christ will give you rest. He gives rest to the struggling soul. No person has gone too far, nobody. I don't care if you're on cocaine or you're bitter in life, whatever it may be. You have not went too far. Jesus came to save 
and to seek the lost. Do you hear me? Seek and to save the lost. You're the very reason that he came. Isaiah 1 and 18, I love this. Come now. Somebody say now. Most of us say, I can't come to the Lord till I quit doing the things that I'm doing in this world. That's not the plan. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. A deep stain is virtually impossible to remove from clothing. And the stain of sin seems equally permanent, but God can remove. On the market, you can go to the store, they got stuff I think called shout it out. Huh? Everybody's got their own remedy. Well, I'm here this morning to tell you there is only one remedy, there is only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, and the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. There is no place, there is no place, there is no individual, nowhere else can you find true saving grace than in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Acts, the book of Acts chapter four, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Christians, we are supposed to be open-minded on many different issues in life, but when it comes to salvation, we cannot be open-minded. There is only one way, and his name is Jesus. The only way is you can't even be saved unless the Spirit of God is drawing you. And when the Spirit of God is drawing you, and you humble yourself and acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you have fallen short of the glory of God, God is faithful and just and will forgive you and save you of your sins. There is no other way. Scientology will not save you. Islam will not save you. Baptistry will not save you. Membership of a church will not save you. There is no salvation outside of the shedding of the blood of Jesus and coming to him and asking forgiveness. Give God a hand clap and a shallow wave. Woo! Jesus said in John 14 and six, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now back to our text. In verse 28, I will give you rest. There is rest of salvation or justification. This is the rest of deliverance from the slavery and the bondage of sin. When I was in sin, before I come to Christ, I had no rest. I had no peace. I can't explain it, but when the Lord touched me, I didn't find the Lord, he wasn't lost. He found me. And when he did, through a series of circumstances, peace, peace, wonderful peace. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, you can't even imagine it until it happens to you. I will give you rest. It's the power of Christ to conquer the enslaving habits that damage the human body and destroy the human soul. My habits today are not the same habits that I had 38 years ago. It would have killed me. It's by the grace of God and the prayers of a mom that I'm alive today. 
It is the rest of victory through the daily storms of life. You will not make it through life without storms in your life. Listen to the word of God in Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God means that we've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. You're either for him or you're against him. And the only way you're for him is if you come to him. People can say, well, I believe in him. The devil believes in him. But you've got to humble yourself and acknowledge that you have sinned. Do you hear me? Friday night late, the Lord laid a man on my heart. I went to his house to have prayer with him and I asked him a question. Is everything right with you and God? And this man I care about and I love this man and God has led me into this man's life. And his answer was, I hope so. And I've heard that answer all of my life in ministry. I think so, I hope so. Can I tell you, like I told him, if you've only got a hope so, you're in trouble. We're talking about your soul for eternity. And the only way to have a no so is to come unto the Lord. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So let's look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. This is the second great invitation. He first said, come unto me. Now he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why should we take the yoke and learn of Christ? Because Christ is meek and Christ is lowly. Some owners, you see this, this yoke that I have here. And some owners back in biblical times, they were very mean toward their oxen doing training or doing the work. Christ is not mean to us. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And Jesus then moves immediately from the picture of rest in verse 28. And I find this so powerful to verse 29 to the idea of work. He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke went around the oxen that they could work. This here in the middle, they would be ropes tied and they would pull the plow or the heavy load. The yoke was a wooden instrument that was used by these oxen to pull. The Lord didn't say our life would be easy, but he, when we're yoked up with him, it's made just for us. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. So I believe Jesus had, he's painting a picture. He has the idea that his followers are expected to serve him, work for him, and serve other people. I believe the picture is not that we get saved and we sit down on our backside and we soak everything up. No believer will ever be fully satisfied until he or she finds himself engaged in the Lord's work. Now I'm gonna give you a great example. My friend, Scott Beverly, sitting there and his lovely wife, Crystal, that's probably at work if she's not here today. And if she's not, I want a doctor's excuse. Never mind. They've never been more servant people than them. Probably 15 years ago at the old church, I walked into my office one day and Scotty's sitting on the floor with my shoes 
and he was shining my shoes. And I said to him, Scotty, don't, you don't have to do that. He said, Pastor, I noticed your shoes didn't look too good last Sunday and I wanted to shine your shoes. And it humbled me. And I've watched him and his wife for 20 plus years every time something's going on and I could single out other people. And here's where I'm headed. Last week, I went to Sam's to buy all the stuff for the joy class. And I pulled over to the kitchen to unload. And I went in and there was our team baking homemade pepperoni rolls for the joy class. And I had a truckload of stuff to unload. So I carried stuff in and I set it down. And when I walked out of there, and nobody knew this, Little Leland, that I've already put him to sleep, he's right there. How old's Leland? Three years old, little petite. I walked out there and he was up in the back seat of my truck. And he had a whole bundle of bananas under this arm and a whole bundle, he looked like a monkey. And it hit me right there. He's being trained up. I said, Leland, what are you doing? He said, Pastor, I want to help you. So he ran in with them two bundles and here he come running back out, in, out. When he was done, I handed him a dollar. I said, good job. He said, thank you, pastor. <laughs> what are you doing? Were you yoked up? Are you soaking up? Just soaking? We got an incredible team of volunteers that have been faithful for years. Here in my heart, we need many more. And that's not my message today, but we need many more. We need people to say, Pastor, I want to serve. I want to help. You see, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's why we're created which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We become Christians through God's unmerited grace, not as the result of any effort or any ability or any act of service. Get that clear. I'm not saying that you're going to work your way to heaven because you can't. However, out of the gratitude of this free gift, we should seek to help, serve God, and help others. God's intention of our salvation was that we would result in an act of service. We need you. Titus 3 and 8, this is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Scotty, I'm glad you're faithful. Appreciate you. And all the others, I couldn't do what I do. Without a great team, I come in my office seven o'clock on Sunday morning and I don't give it a thought because I know everybody is at their post. Do you have a post? If not, I challenge you to get involved. There is far more to being a Christian than just making a profession of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I really didn't want to hear this today. Look at your other neighbor that's asleep. Say, neighbor. Maybe he's talking to you. 
Satisfaction is found in surrender. Surrender means to yield the power, to yield the control, to give oneself up to the power of another one. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, use me, use me. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Jesus is asking you and I to surrender ourselves and to become a disciple. To become a disciple. So how is that accomplished? Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, any man, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. One of the hardest things you ever do is deny yourself. Self wants to get in the way every time. I know I struggle with it. But the price seems to be so high, but the dividends that it pays is out of this world. When you're able to serve and help somebody else, we have parking lot crews. We've got greeters normally before the pandemic. We've got a security team. And I've often thought if something did happen and our team is on their toes, what a, how blessed they would feel that they were at their post. Think about that. Verse 30, he said, for my yoke is easy. What is Jesus meaning? Is he saying that life under his will is a life of ease? Is he saying that it's a life of perfection? No, not at all. What he's saying is his yoke fits. When these oxen was formed, when these, these yokes was formed for the oxen, every oxen, Andy, was customized. It was personalized because of the build of the animal. If it didn't fit them exactly, it would rub them. It would make them weary. See, we're not fitted to the world. We're not fitted to the culture. We're not fitted to anything other than Jesus Christ. You personally have a customized, personalized yoke with Jesus. When you're yoked up to pornography, it'll make you weary. When you're yoked up to unforgiveness, it'll make you weary. When you're yoked up to bitterness, unforgiveness, alcohol, whatever, I could go on and on and on all day. But when you are yoked up to Jesus, friend, it feels good. Can someone say amen and give God a hand clap of praise? So when you're yoked up with the Lord, even in the midst of trials, Psalms 46 and one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Listen to John 14 and 27. Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Now we see this image, symbolic. This is Todd, but portraying Jesus. And in John 10 and 10, he said, I have come that I might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. If we want rest, we've got to take his yoke upon us. And when we are yoked up with the Lord, it is personalized for each one of us 
and it doesn't matter what struggles, it doesn't matter what pain, as I shared earlier, Donna Smith or Snyder, three years in a row with a bout with cancer, but the devil didn't take her joy cause the devil didn't give her her joy. She was yoked up with Jesus, amen? Give God a hand clap of praise. How about you? Stand with me this morning. Thank you, sir. Come unto me. Have you received? Have you answered to the call? Do you know the Lord? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Please. Do you know that you know that if death knocked on your door today, that heaven would be your home? If not, Isaiah said, come now. I'm not trying to scare you. Friend, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, let alone today. From the youngest in this room to the oldest, if you know right from wrong, then you're accountable. And the Lord loves you and he wants to rescue you. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna single you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. If you're here today and you'd like to ask Christ into your life, slip your hand up real high, would you please? Slip your hand up real high. Don't be ashamed, please. Is there one? Is there one? We're gonna tarry for a moment. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Let's, let's take our time. I'll never forget the night I gave my life to Christ. The pastor said, if death knocked on your door today, would heaven be your home? And I knew I wasn't right. Is there somebody else? Somebody else. Somebody else. I see your hand. Yes, yes. Not too young, not too young. We've got the older, we got the younger. Anybody else? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you that raised your hand, look right at me. Look right at me, sir, that's right. Pray this prayer. Would you take the person by the hand, by the side of you? Would you do that? That's right, you just made a public, public proclamation, confessing. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, from this day forward, I do my very best to live my life for you. Lord, I'm sorry and I repent of my sins and for the rest of my life, I do my best to live for you. Can we welcome them to the family of God? Can you put on that back screen the words to I know a man who can? Can you do that for me, please? Listen. If you're here this morning and you know that you know that you know that you're saved, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Come on now, come on, come on, don't be afraid. Raise your hand, you know. We can be saved and still be weary. I invite you, if you got anything that's got you weary, got you burdened down, as I sing this song, would you come to this altar, please?
Don't be ashamed, please. Oh, I can't take a heart that's broken and make it over again. But I know a man who A soul that's in sick and make it white as the snow. But I know a man who can. Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. For oh, he's my dearest friend And if you feel that no one loves you And your life is out of hand Well, I know a man who can And I can't walk upon the water on the troubled sea, but I know a man who can, and I can't cause blinded eyes to open or make the lame to walk again, but I know a man who sing with me some call him savior the redeemer of all men I call him Jesus for he's my dearest friend and if you feel that no one loves you and your life is out of hand well I know a man we're going to do that chorus again come on church sing that chorus with me some call him savior the redeemer of all men I call him Jesus for he's my dearest friend and if you feel that no one loves you and your life is out of hand well I know a man who can and if you feel that no one loves you and your life is out of hand well I know a man who can can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise praise the Lord I want us it's not that late I want us just to sing another song as Pastor Kerry's coming in the last service, 
It seemed like the invitation was over and a young man, 16 years of age, jumped out of his chair and ran down here to this altar. And then there was some more that followed. I'm telling you, if you're weary, if you're burdened, why would you leave and go home? You say, well, the Lord can touch me right where I am. I believe that. But I believe it's an act of faith. An act of faith to step out and say, Lord, I've carried it long enough. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 